Hi, it's Carolina. I'm so excited that you could join us on the City Point Redcliffe podcast. We're about to go into a message that I delivered recently, and I hope that it encourages you, it inspires you, and it launches you further in your walk with Jesus. That's my heart for you as you listen. If it does encourage you, why not share it with someone who you think could do with hearing it as well? And subscribe so that you don't miss any of the messages that are uploaded every single week. For now, sit back, enjoy, and I hope that you get blessed. You ready to get into the Word? It's Pentecost Sunday. It's Pentecost Sunday. It's the day that the Holy Spirit was poured out on the church. 50 days after Easter, we celebrate Pentecost Sunday. And I love, I love the, the Holy Spirit. I love my relationship with the Holy Spirit. I don't know. I would not be anywhere without the Holy Spirit. Honestly, I'd hate to think of my life without His empowerment. And so... You know, it's the Spirit that moves in us and through us. It's the Spirit of God. Are we grooving the whole time? No? Let's give it up for the music team. Love you guys. Love you guys. So it's the Spirit that actually differentiates us from the world. The believer from the one who isn't in Christ. It's the Spirit. Otherwise, we're the same. We're the same. Romans 8, 9, it says, You, however, are not in the flesh. You're listening. You are not in the flesh. You're in the Spirit. If, in fact, the Spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to Him. But if Christ is in you, although your body is dead or dying and deteriorating, because of sin... The Spirit is life because of righteousness. If the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, then He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give you, your mortal body, through His Spirit, life to you, to your mortal body, through His Spirit who dwells in you. And so if you are in the Spirit, you are not in the flesh. And this is the transition we make This is a transition we make when we're filled and empowered and encountered by the Holy Spirit. We transition from the law of the flesh to the life of the Spirit. We shift. We shift. And so there are so many things that we need to know about the Spirit. And this morning I'm going to teach a little bit. Is that okay? Are you ready to understand this person of the Holy Spirit? Well, the first thing we need to understand is the Trinity, Trinity is a concept that is so hard for us to get our whole minds around. You know, there are some things that we just go, that's a mystery, and I get bits of it, but some of it I don't. That's why you're God and I'm not. That's why you're worthy of worship, (laughs) because you're bigger than even my own understanding. But the Trinity is the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And so at the very beginning, and we read it all the way through Scripture, that all three are present all the way through Scripture. Even in creation, we see the Godhead, we see the Father God interacting with the Trinity as he makes creation. He's talking with himself, with the three persons of the Trinity, the Son's there and the Spirit's there. And the Lord is creating the world. He's creating us. He's he's creating us in his image. And then we see that that sin enters the world. And so God sends his Son into a fallen planet, the son who was present at creation, 
now puts on flesh and comes into the world. And he is the rescue plan. He stands in our place. He, by his own body, by his spotless, pure, innocent life, stood in your place and mine. I don't know about you, but I'm not spotless and I'm not innocent. And I deserved to to pay the price. But because of the Father's great love, he sent his son because he couldn't bear the thought of being separated from you and me. So he sent his son to put on flesh, to die, to be buried, to be resurrected on the third day, and then to commission the church, to commission his disciples. But he said, wait, it's a command to wait and be filled with the one who was coming, the third member of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit was coming after Jesus ascended in Acts, in the book of Acts. And in Matthew 28, he said, wait, you're going to go and you're going to impact the world, but you cannot do this in your own strength. You're not that smart. You're not that good looking. You're not that awesome. You need the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to do this great work that I'm entrusting you to do in the earth. So wait. And so the Holy Spirit then comes 50 days after the death, burial and resurrection of Jesus at the Passover feast sorry, no, 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 at Pentecost, the celebration of Pentecost. And we see all the believers that are remaining, they called them the followers of the way, waiting in an upper room. They're waiting, the command to wait. And do you know the revival and the outpouring of the Spirit from that day in Pentecost right through to the current day is always in response to awaiting people. A people that aren't so busy running around, but a people who are waiting and ministering to the presence of God. Do you know we get as much of the Lord as we want? That's a scary thought. In Ezekiel, the man of God invites him into the water and he goes ankle deep, knee deep, waist deep, over his head. You will go as deep as you're willing to go. And so the response of the Spirit is always to awaiting people. Are we awaiting people? And so he came at Pentecost on that day where the scared believers are like, what is going on? We thought Jesus was coming to to turn over Rome and restore the kingdom of heaven. And what are we doing here in this upper room? And the Holy Spirit fell. And and that's what we're remembering today. But the, the Holy Spirit, what he does when he's a part of our lives is that he brings us to Christ You know, when you're ministering to your work colleague, take a load off. It's not you that gets them saved. It's the Holy Spirit ministering through you. He brings us to Christ. He puts the gift of faith in us. We don't have to conjure these things up. It's a gift of the Spirit. He brings conviction to us of our sin. And his righteousness. Now, conviction's very different to condemnation. Condemnation backs us into a corner, and that's the work of the enemy. But conviction goes, hey, you know that area in your life? Let me work with you on that so you can walk into life. 
very different. It's life-giving. And it's the Holy Spirit that ministers conviction to us. He baptizes us in His presence so that we can do the will of God. He witnesses to us that we are sons and daughters of God. When you believe, when you finally realize, I'm a part of a new family, a new bloodline. I'm a daughter of the Lord. I'm a daughter of Christ. I'm a son. That's the Holy Spirit that whispers that to you, witnesses that to you. It's the Holy Spirit that gives you revelation when you're reading the Word. He's like your tutor. He's like the one that sits with you when you're reading the Word and you understand things. He's the one that speaks to you on a Sunday morning, even though the preaching is out of this world and amazing. It's actually the Holy Spirit that speaks through it. And my prayer always is, Lord, ride on my humble, meager words, God, not me. I want to get myself out of the way. I'm just here. You speak to your people. And it's amazing how many people on a Sunday will go, when you said that, and I'm like, I actually didn't say that. But that's what they heard. And so the Spirit is the one who gives us revelation. He tutors us. The Spirit is our guarantee. He's like signed, sealed, and delivered. You're going to heaven. He's our guarantee when we're filled with the Spirit. He's our guarantee that we're sealed for the day of salvation. The Holy Spirit is the only one of the Trinity who is easily offended. I'll let that settle. He brings us liberty. He opens the door for us. And that's what I was saying before. He says, come into life. He liberates us from death. He's, got, he's the one that comes, ministers, reveals, and leads us into um, liberty. And he transforms us. Praise the Lord Jesus. From glory to glory. Into the likeness of the Son. It's the work of the Holy Spirit who does that. And so we see the Trinity, and they are interconnected and interdependent. None of them is taking glory for themselves. In fact, we always see them deflecting to one another. I only do what I hear my Father doing. Do what the Spirit does. The Spirit edifies the Son. The Son edifies the Father. They're interconnected with one another, and they are all in one. And so when we receive the Holy Spirit, when we're filled with the Spirit, two things are assigned to us, spiritual gifts and the fruits of the Spirit. Are you still with me? Is this an all right Bible college class? So the gifts of the Spirit are listed in 1 Corinthians 12 and Romans 12. And some people call these the motivational gifts. And what this is, is like it's like a rap sheet. It's something you put on your resume. It's the skills you put on your resume. Like, I'm good at this, this, and this. So the Holy Spirit gives us a spiritual resume. He's like, you might have the gift of prophecy. You might have the gift of teaching. You might have the gift of the words of knowledge. You might have the gift of discernment. You might have all. So there's all sorts of gifts that are assigned to us by the Spirit. We'll get into this a little bit more. And then the fruits of the Spirit is what comes out of us out of a relationship with him. Love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, long-suffering, self-control is the one everyone loves the most. The gifts. We'll get into it a little bit more. What the Holy Spirit is not is a cloud, 
a ghost, a hocus-pocus presence. The Holy Spirit is a person. And we interact with him as a person. And so with that as a backdrop, the Trinity and the gifts and the fruits, we come to this moment at Pentecost, which we remember today. And at the end of this service, I'm going to open up the altar, and I'd love to lay hands on whoever would love an impartation of the Spirit this morning, maybe for the first time, baptism in the Spirit, or maybe a fresh infilling, fresh oil. You know, I want to open the altar and make space for that this morning as we wait on the Lord, and Jess is going to lead us in that moment of waiting on the Lord. But here we are, it brings us up to the Pentecost, and, and they're waiting And revival always, as I said, starts with a waiting people. And so we read in Acts 1, the Gospels have closed out, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and we're in Acts, written by Luke, and it says, They were assembled together with them, and he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait from the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me, for John baptized in water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, it's not for you to know. This is a word for someone who's anxious and trying to control things. It's not for you to know the times and seasons which the Father has put into his authority. But you, this is your job, receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and just be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the outer ends of the earth. And then we skip to chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Can you just close your eyes for a moment as I read this? They're all together in a room just like this. And suddenly there came the sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. You can open your eyes. This was the day of Pentecost. A group of believers waiting on the Lord. The Spirit comes and rests on them, a rushing wind, fire on their heads, and they start speaking in other tongues. And I wish we had time just to read all of it, but the people in the city are like, what is going on here? How are these uneducated people suddenly multilingual? How are they speaking my language when they've never been to my city or my country? How are these, how, what is going on here? Some of them are being accused of being drunk. <laughs> and they're like, guys, it's nine o'clock in the morning. We're not those kinds of people. We're not drunk. They're actually filled with the Spirit and, and they are transformed in that moment. And immediately at this moment, the spiritual gifts are assigned And there's a boldness that comes over all of them to use their gifts. And the fruits of the Spirit become evidenced in this body of unique individuals. Everyone is so different, but the fruits of the Spirit start to become evidenced immediately in their lives. And so the first point I want to make today about what the Spirit, the acts of the Spirit in our lives, 
The first point is when we're filled with the Spirit, when we are in the Spirit, we are reconnected with our true self. We are regenerated into our true design. You and I are made in the image of God. Made in the image of God. He formed and fashioned each and every one of us in his image. He breathed his life into us. What the enemy will try to do is degrade that and degenerate that. And so we, we live in a fallen world. And because of culture, and maybe because of family of origin, maybe because a teacher said something or someone did something to you, maybe because you did something to yourself, you are out of alignment of your true self. You're in the flesh. You're living under the law of sin and death. But that's not your true self. That's not who you were designed to be. That's not who God knew you to be before the foundations of the earth. It's not who the Lord intended you to be before the foundations of the earth. It's not you. We're actually just products of a fallen world until we come into the spirit of the living God. And when we come into the spirit of a living God, I want to promise you it doesn't matter what side of the tracks you're from. Because it's the spirit that re-engages deep calls to deep. There's something that transcends the fallen nature of your flesh, of your circumstance, and you are regenerated. Your spirit man comes alive and connects with the spirit of God and you're back into alignment with who God created you to be. This is what the spirit does. We can combat our weaknesses because of the spirit. And we have this amazing opportunity to now transcend the limitations of a fallen world and of our flesh into the fruits of the Spirit. Let's read them again. Galatians 5, 22 to 23. This is who you are. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These fruits are a visible sign of an invisible life source. It comes from the inside out. How do I know when I'm in an orchard that I'm in an apple orchard? There are apples on the trees. So how do I know I'm in the presence of a spirit-filled believer? because of the fruit that's on their life. And it's not something, a tree can't go to coals, buy apples, and stick them to itself. Just like I can't manufacture. I can try, but eventually, it's gonna show that it's fake. But an invisible life source produces apples in an apple orchard it produces of what it is. And it's the same for a spirit-filled believer. Love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. They can't be manufactured. The trouble is, I don't know if you're like me, but often my emotions get the better of me. 
Anyone else? Don't show me your hands, it's all good. <laughs> and we need to understand, just like the Trinity of the Godhead, we are also triune. We have a body, a soul, and a spirit. And the scripture says that the spirit is willing. But I want to tell you, your soul and your flesh can sabotage you. Your soul is like that girlfriend that if you don't keep her appeased, she's going to run rampant in your life. We need to often come back to our emotions and remind ourselves that the spirit is willing the flesh and the soul are weak. And we need to bring ourselves back into alignment and connection with the Spirit of God. The flesh and the emotions can render us ineffective if we're unaware of their impact on our lives. But when we intentionally engage with the Spirit, things change. 1 John 3 is one of my favorite and most encouraging scriptures. In the Amplified, it says, we can reassure our hearts in his presence. Whenever our hearts in tormenting self-accusation make us feel guilty and condemn us. For we are in God's hands and he is above and greater than our consciences and our hearts. He knows, perceives and understands everything and nothing is hidden from him. This scripture tells us that sometimes our hearts will lie to us Sometimes our hearts will deceive us. The Bible tells us in Psalms, we must guard our hearts. But the Lord is greater than even our consciences and he, we rest in him. We rest in him. And so we see this evidence of the fruit. It's greater than shame. It's greater than condemnation. It's greater than self-accusation. It's greater than all those emotions. First Timothy 1 verse 7, the Lord says, I'm not giving you a spirit of fear but power and love and a sound mind. That's who you really are. Powerful, loving and sound. That's the Spirit of the Lord. Robert Morris puts it this way. You can always tell how close you are to God by how much peace you have in your life. And you can tell how far away you are from God by how much fear you have. And so today, maybe you're here and you're wrestling with bitterness, anxiety, commitment issues, aggression, self-gratification, shame, worry, depression, impatience, fear, condemnation, doubt, greed, jealousy, pride, the list goes on and on. I want to tell you, these are not from the Lord. And these are not who you are. These are not who you are. In the Spirit, we reconnect with who we really are. One of my favorite life verses is in Ezekiel. And the Lord is speaking to himself in chapter 20. And he's looking at the people and they've walked away from him and he's tempted to smite them. I don't know if you have children, have you ever feel like that? But he actually says to himself, the Lord says to himself, then I thought better of it and I acted out of who I was, not by how I felt. I acted out of who I was not by how I felt. I want to ask you, do you know who you are in God? Act out of that, not how you feel. Act out of, I figure if God needs to give himself a pep talk like that from time to time, I do too. 
And I have this pinned up in my home. I have it on my screensaver on my phone. Act out of who you are, not how you feel. Because often your emotions are going to ask you to act a certain way that's contrary to who you are in the spirit. And who you are in the spirit is who you really are. The Bible tells us that we look in in the Word and it's like a mirror and it shows us who we are. And when I was young and the spirit of condemnation was still strong in my life, I used to read that scripture and go, yeah, I do read the Bible and see who I really am and what the gap is between who I am and what the Bible says. But then I realized when the spirit of life was greater and greater within me, when you look at the scripture, you realize who you really are. Oh my gosh, that's who I am. And I act out of that. It's not a condemnatory thing. It's a, it's a rise up thing. Come into me. Have life in me. No matter what you've been through or what side of the tracks you come from, in the spirit, you are a force to be reckoned with. You're not a failure. You're not a mistake. You are strong, whole, blessed, and at peace. You're not weak or beaten down, defeated or smoldering. Your true self is bright and alive and burning hot. Your true self provides light and warmth to others. He empowers us to overcome and to do life in Him. We have authority and we have victory. Oh my gosh, I could go on and on and on. By the Spirit of God, by the Spirit of God, we have everything we need. We have everything we need. We can rise up and confess the Word of God, the sword of the Spirit. Let me show you. Jehovah Jireh, He's my provider. I'm not ripped off. Jehovah Nisi, He's my victory banner. I will not be drowned out in my war cry. Jehovah Shalom, my peace. I will not be disturbed in my sleep, in my mind, and in my security in Christ. Jehovah Shema, the Lord is there. I am not alone. I'm not lonely. I'm not isolated. Jehovah Rapha, he's my healer, the divine physician who tends to my body. And so we take on the spiritual warfare and we step into the spirit of God and we move beyond our emotions and we reconnect with who we really are. It's all possible out of a flowing relationship with the spirit. And secondly and finally, the Holy Spirit gives us gifts He gives us gifts for the building up of the church. And so we see these gifts and we see what they do. It was the same Peter who preached that first. So they're filled with the Spirit at Pentecost. They go out and he stands on his soapbox in the middle of town and preaches a message and 3,000 people got saved. But that same guy only 50 days prior denied Jesus to a girl in the dark because he was so afraid. That same Peter who extended grace was the same guy who cut off someone's ear out of anger and irrational thinking. But it's the transformation of the power of the Spirit that enables us by our gifts that are assigned to us to edify the church and minister. So we have these fruits that are in us and we have these gifts that minister. And so the crowd is filled, they respond, they hear Peter's sermon, thousands are added to the church and the church grows and then they're filled and they respond and then it just perpetuates over and over again. And these motivational gifts are for the equipping and the ministry and the edification of the church. If we read them together, 
Maybe some of these resonate with you. The gift of wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, miracles, prophecy, discernment, tongues, the interpretation of tongues, generosity, leadership, mercy, all the gifts of the Spirit. Some of us are one-hit wonders and we've just got one gift. I want to encourage you to use that with all your might. Some of us have all the gifts and you make me sick. But whatever it is, the Lord's assigned it to you for the building up of the church. It's not to make us look good or feel good about ourselves. It's so that the outworking of the Spirit would bring others. And I just believe that we should love the Lord so well that people are attracted. People are attracted and blessed and ministered to. That is the acts of the Spirit. Can you stand to your feet this morning? Thank you for listening. We pray that this message inspires you to unmistakably influence your world for good and for God. Go ahead and share it with a friend. And can I invite you to connect with us on one of our many social media platforms as well? Most importantly, if you made a decision to follow Jesus, I want to say congratulations. This is the beginning of a life-changing journey. We'd love to see you at one of our many City Point Church services around the world this Sunday. And you can find out more about our service times and locations at citypointchurch.com. We would be so thrilled to see you there.